Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, let me make this as simple as I know how. Not for you folks, you're sophisticated. It's for the interlocutors, the interceders, the people listening who want to write their articles. But I'll make this so simple even Mitch McConnell can understand. Even Joe Scarborough can understand. Even Fredo Cuomo can understand. Let's take five states. Pennsylvania, 20 electoral college votes. Georgia, 16 electoral college votes. Michigan, 16 electoral college votes. Arizona, 11 electoral college votes. Georgia, 16. I said Georgia. Wisconsin, 10 electoral college votes. That's 73 electoral college votes. Every one of these states were targeted by Democrats. Every one of these states violated the United States Constitution, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. Every one of them. Because changes were made to their election systems, not by the state legislature, but by other public officials. Whether a rogue Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, a rogue Secretary of State buckling the Tracy Abrams in Georgia, and I can go right down the list. That's 73 electoral college votes. This is why Donald Trump won the election. We can talk about fraud to a blue in the face, and there was some unbelievable testimony today, and I'm going to spend some time and play it for you. Because all you hear is the propaganda from people who don't listen to the testimony, who don't read the lawsuits, but even more, don't care about the Constitution. I want to remind you about the Democrat Party. Stacey Abrams still hasn't conceded in her obvious loss for governor in Georgia. You might recall Minnesota. 
the Secretary of State there at the time. They kept counting votes and counting votes till they stole the election from Nora Coleman and gave it to Franken. In Iowa, as I sit here today, there was a Republican upset in a formerly Democrat seat. The Democrat won't concede. She says, I'm going to take it to the majority in the House, where she hopes to have the House vote, and it can, to seat her and not the Republican. In an upstate seat in New York, a Democrat judge keeps counting ballots in order to try and defeat the Republican who won fair and square. I want to remind you that after Bush 43 won in 2000, they said he was an illegitimate president. And of course, after Trump won, they said he was illegitimate because of Russia collusion. The Democrats don't believe in the electoral system, which is why they attack it and they fundamentally alter it. They don't believe in a peaceful transition of power. They believe in power. And we ought not roll over. I don't give a damn what Mitch McConnell does or this guy Thune or anybody else. They don't represent me. I don't know what kind of people can stand Washington, D.C. 50 years, to be honest with you, in these governmental positions. But it takes an odd kind of egomaniacal mentality to do it. So in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona, and they're not the only ones. The Democrats went into these states and changed the election systems. In violation of the federal constitution. And if the federal constitution had not been violated, yes, Donald Trump would be elected president of the United States today. Putting all fraud aside. All fraud aside. This is why you should be furious with the United States Supreme Court that had as its duty, as its sworn responsibility, every single member to insist that the states comply with the federal constitution under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, and that any changes made outside that clause by governors, by secretaries of states, by courts, federal or state, by election boards or other bureaucrats, will be deemed unconstitutional. They had a case, a case before a single vote was counted. They had a case, and they didn't take it up. It's still sitting there today as I speak. A court that does intervene in state election laws. It just did in the state of Kansas. It just ruled that Kansas cannot require evidence of citizenship to vote. How did they rule? By taking another pass and allowing a lower court's decision to impose their rules on the state of Kansas. The framers of the Constitution and the ratifiers in the conventions insisted on having as much control over determining the process of elections as possible. And yet, what do we have here? We have federal courts interfering endlessly on what states can and cannot do. And then when you go to the Supreme Court and you say, hey, court, they're violating Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. I'm not asking you to create anything. I'm not asking you to rewrite a law. I'm not asking you to change the Constitution of the United States. 
please do your damn job and uphold the rule of law. They say, oh, that's political. Actually, they say nothing. They say nothing. And they do nothing. Absolutely nothing. And if they had upheld the Constitution, and keep in mind, this is the Democrat Party, Democrat officials, the Biden campaign, Democrat litigators, and in some cases, Republicans buckling, like the Secretary of State of Georgia. But he was responding to lawsuits brought by Stacey Abrams groups, among others. And he buckled, changed the signature requirement. Donald Trump would be president of the United States. So you want to know why the man's furious? You know why he doesn't just roll over? Because 74 million of us plus are not going to roll over either. I've said that over and over again. We're not going anywhere. You think the Democrats will put up with this? If rule changes were made in violation of the federal constitution that elected Donald Trump president of the United States under those rule changes, what do you think they would do today? But they made these changes... They plotted, they planned, they litigated, they pressured, they lobbied. And now we have, if he's sworn in, Joe Biden, who will be an illegitimate president of the United States in every meaning of that word illegitimate. That is my view. Anyone who comes on TV and radio and goes on and on and on, about what we should do. I'm not talking about what we should do. I'm talking about reality. And you'll note it. Many of the people who tell you what you should do have never liked Trump. In fact, they may like Reagan, but they never did anything to support his election. They have other motives for the most part. Social motives. Friendship motives self-serving motives, positioning themselves. The fact is that what happened in Pennsylvania and Georgia and Wisconsin and Michigan and Arizona, and there are others, was an abomination. We've never seen anything like this in our country's history. Never. And this is without a single fraudulent vote being cast before you get to any of that. Before you get to any of it. You'll hear the media and the Democrats, never Trumpers, pseudo-conservatives say, you know, there were 61 cases brought and they lost 59 of them. First of all, the Trump campaign didn't bring 61 cases. A number of organizations and individuals and states brought the cases as well. But all cases are not equal. One case was the most important case of the bunch. And the Supreme Court didn't rule on it. Because President Trump would have won the presidency without dispute. Before the election. When it should have ruled and held up the United States Constitution, but they did not. So what use is there in having this structure that was created by our founders 
and supported by the, the, uh, the framers and signed off on by the ratifiers. What's the point of having a judicial system like this if it's in the back pocket of the left over and over and over and over again, despite the propaganda of the media? Now we have six conservatives on the court. We've never had six conservatives on the court, not in my lifetime. That is constitutionalists, not once. Not once. We have a rogue chief justice. We have three political partisan activists. We have two cowards, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. And you've got Thomas and Alito. That's it. Although I don't know what happened on that Article 2 case. I don't know where they are. I don't know where anybody is. And so what they've created here now is what will be a cycle of controversy after controversy after controversy, further splitting the nation apart. The failure of the United States Supreme Court to do its job. You know, frankly, in a more hideous way, you you had that situation prior to the Civil War in the Dred Scott decision. No, I'm not comparing the two Supreme Courts. What I'm saying is the Dred Scott decision was the icing on the cake. It was the fuel on the fire. It was an outrageous decision. The failure of the United States Supreme Court to uphold the United States Constitution in this election may have pulled poor fuel on the fire. It certainly didn't resolve anything. It exacerbated things. And their desire to want to stay out of politics or whatever it is has just dragged them further into it. Honestly, I have no respect for that institution anymore. None. None. Forget about all the other cases, some of which were crucially important. That was the most important. Black and white, clear cut. Donald Trump would have been president of the United States without any controversy other than the usual Democrats squawking from the bleachers. Now we have an outrageous electoral system where anything goes. Because by not acting, the court eliminated Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2. That's the precedent. Don't bother knocking on their big steel doors because they're not going to answer. Good job, guys and gals. How preposterous, how, how pathetic, to be perfectly honest about it. I'll be right back. Mark in. As we enter the Christmas season, most of us stop to consider our many blessings. Well, Hillsdale College wishes to thank you for standing with them as they celebrate over 175 years of blessings. 
Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. Now, you know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. This independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without any government interference. At no time in our nation's history has there been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers on its campus and nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. To learn more about Hillsdale College, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. So after the bottom of the hour, I want you to hear some of what took place at Senator Johnson's hearing today. Uh, information that came out. Fox ran it live. Nobody else did. Maybe OANN did. I don't know. But none of the other larger uh, channels because they're into censorship. Which is what you're going to see throughout the next four years if the final effort by the Trump forces uh, is fails. And uh, what you're going to see is censorship. What you're going to see is what it's like to live in a fascistic or communist regime with a media that that is not independent. You're going to see uh, efforts to destroy what opposition still exists in talk radio and other places. Uh, you're going to see the Republican Party. We talked about this at some length the other day. Revert back to old form the way it always does. It did it after Coolidge. Actually... It did it after Grant, it did it after Coolidge, did it after Reagan, and it's going to do it again. And uh, it'll revert back to form, which will mean it will die a, not such a slow death anymore, a quicker death. Remember when the Tea Party came in, and I was involved in that in a significant way? We had great patriots, spontaneously, people rising up. We had 66 or so victories in the House of Representatives. Nobody ever saw anything like this. Obama was shaken to his, to his toes. Big gains in the Senate. We were attacked by Karl Rove. We were attacked by the Republican establishment. Attacked by uh, Baynard and the rest of them. Even though we delivered them huge numbers. The Republican Party hates outsiders, hates conservatives... It's not so much a country club as it is a club of sorts. And uh, we shall see how this navigates. I'll be right back. As we enter the Christmas season, most of us stop to consider our many blessings. Well, Hillsdale College wishes to thank you for standing with them as they celebrate over 175 years of blessings. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free 
any online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. Now, you know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. This independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without any government interference. At no time in our nation's history has there been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers on its campus and nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. To learn more about Hillsdale College, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Tom Cruise's audio that I don't even give a damn about. It's getting more attention than Hunter Biden on most channels. Isn't that interesting, Mr. Producer? Um, why does the Supreme Court care about student athletes getting compensated or not? Why is that a Supreme Court case? Out of 9,000 or so cases that come to the court, why are they taking that one? This is my whole point. My whole point. You have an issue that is core to our constitutional system. You have the violation, repeatedly, of our Constitution's voting requirements, and the court is silent. But it takes up a student compensation. That, that's why we're all going to look at the court differently from now on. I mean, I was very critical of the court. My first book, Men in Black, came out, I believe, in 2005. Now I have utter contempt. Utter contempt for John Roberts and at least six of his colleagues. Utter contempt. I am fed up with the way some of these people get on the court by deceiving the president who appoints them and deceiving the people who fight to get them confirmed. And then they act like, well, you know, I'm greater than thou. I'm above it all. No, you're not greater than thou and you're not above it all. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The Democrats never in doubt. Ever, 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 ever. It's the same thing in the Senate. You got this idiot McConnell. We're going to be talking about McConnell in the second hour of this program. We're going to have our friend Peter Schweizer on. Because we believe we need to get to the bottom of this communist China stuff. Wherever the chips fall. So be it. So be it. And of course there should be a special counsel. If you're going to have a special counsel investigate my president, who did nothing in violation of Justice Department regulations that requires some kind of criminal predicate, then by God, you're going to have a special counsel investigate the Bidens. And I certainly hope the new acting Attorney General Rosen does it, and does it quickly. There is no justification, none whatsoever, for failing to do so. None. This is what the special counsel regulation is all about. Joe Biden lied to us. He lied through his teeth. He has since he first stepped into the United States Senate. Even before that, when he cheated on his exam in law school. But putting that aside, he lied to the American people that he didn't know a thing about his son. We have emails galore. The media lied to the American people. 
every damn newsroom in this country, bar one, lied to the American people. The Democrat Party lied to the American people. Then they put out the Russian disinformation crap. The party that sucked up the Brezhnev in the Soviet Union is now using Russian disinformation. When it was Hillary Clinton, effectively, who paid for a Russian spy to write that dossier against the president. Aren't they clever? And you and I are supposed to roll over. New York Times, what a rag. What a piece of crap. Washington Post, what a pathetic joke. CNN and MSNBC, you've been exposed. They don't give a crap. They could care less. Gary Peters is this, really, this nobody who defeated John James, so-called defeated, same election system in Michigan. Boy, he would have been a great senator. He would have been a great senator. But he was another one of these clowns out there going on and on about Russia collusion, then Russia disinformation and so forth. So here he is today. Today. Cut one, go. During uh, the uh, 2016 election, uh, we saw foreign disinformation uh, campaigns trying to sow doubt uh, about the integrity of, of our election. Uh, we've seen that before in Big Clearstein, and, and certainly uh, all the intelligence community in this country back that up. Uh, and so, in fact, uh, CISA's rumor control page was actually created within your agency. You mentioned it uh, in your testimony to address uh, foreign disinformation having an impact on the election. So it seems as if Russia has simply used uh, uh, state-controlled news outlets to basically push President Trump's own statements and lies about a rigged election. Our adversaries don't 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 you hear this a hole. So the Russians are using the allegations about the corruption on this election. So for this senator, the key here is that Donald Trump is feeding the Russians. And there are enough suckers in Michigan who buy, who buy this. They go, and, hey, I'm going to vote for Peters. Actually, what they say is, I'm going to vote Democrat. I don't know. What's his name? Peters? Yeah, I vote for that guy. Have any of you ever heard of Gary Peters? Well, Ron Johnson had enough of it. And he unleashed on this SOB. Cut to go. And I just have to point out that the purveyors of Russian disinformation, Hillary Clinton's campaign, the DNC, the Steele dossier, the ranking member Peters accusing Senator Grassley and I of disseminating uh, Russian disinformation, that's where the disinformation is coming. That's where the false information, the, the lies, the false allegations. I can't sit by here and listen to this and say that this is, this is not disinformation, this hearing today. This is getting information we have to take a look at to restore confidence in our election integrity. We, we're not going to be able to just move on without bringing up these irregularities, examining them, and providing an explanation and see where there really are problems so we can correct it moving forward. 
Senator Paul. Mr. Mr. Chairman, I got to respond to that. I mean, you're saying I'm putting out information. Well, one, I did had nothing to do with this report. You you lied repeatedly. You lied repeatedly in the press that I was spreading Russian Russian disinformation, and that was an outright lie. And I told you to stop lying, and you continue to do it. Mr. Chairman, this is not about airing your grievances. I know what I don't know what rabbit hole you're running down. You talked about Russian disinformation. Senator Paul. This is simply not what we're dealing with. Well, Mr. Chairman, you can't make these false allegations and then dropping it there. That is why this Senator Paul. needs to return back Good to a star, Senator Paul. Partisan things. This is, this, is, this is terrible what you're doing to this committee and all the great work that you talked about. It is what you have done to this committee. It is not Falsely the accusing the chairman of spreading disinformation. Nothing could have been further from the truth and you're spouting it again, which is why I had this to respond. Is, oh, Senator Paul. Good. And that's the way it should be done. Isn't Mitt Romney a member of this committee? Would you check that, Mr. Producer? I don't want to accuse Mitt Romney of doing anything that I shouldn't accuse him of, but I don't believe he was at this hearing today. Maybe he's not a member of the committee. I think I'm right, but if I'm wrong, I want you to know. Senator Rand Paul, who was superb, cut three, go. A lot of the laws that have to be confirmed and I think reaffirmed are state laws, so it's not in our purview. But the state laws are set, and then we have federal elections. So what we've heard about what happened in Wisconsin, what happened in Nevada, I think is absolutely true, and we have to prevent it from happening again. I think state legislators legislatures will need to reaffirm that election law can only be chained by a state legislature. So I think there's a lot of work to be done. While we will not dictate it to the states, I think we should have hearings going into the next year, hearing from state legislatures and what they're going to do to make sure election law is upheld, not changed by people who are not legislators. And uh, we do have an interest in that. I don't want it to be federalized. Many on the other side of the aisle would just soon federalize it and mail everybody a ballot and we'll have this universal corruption throughout the land. But what I think we need to do is keep it at the state level. But we can't just say it didn't happen. We can't just say, oh, 4,000 people voted in Nevada that were non-citizens and we're just going to ignore it. We're going to sweep it under the rug and say, oh, the courts have decided the facts. The courts have not decided the facts. The courts never looked at the facts. The courts don't like elections, and so they stayed out of it by finding an excuse, standing or otherwise, to stay out of it. But the fraud happened. The election in many ways was stolen. And the only way it'll be fixed is by, in the future, reinforcing the laws. He's right on. Good for him. Rand Paul's exactly right. I haven't even gotten to the fraud yet. We're going to get to that in a moment. Just imagine what the media and the Democrats would do if the shoe were on the other foot here. Would they talk about peaceful transitions? What would their media be doing today? What would Jake Tapper be doing today and Dee Lemon and Fredo Cuomo? What would the liar Brian Williams be doing? What would the plagiarist Michael Barnacle be doing? What would the banjo player on the bridge from Deliverance, Joe Scarborough, what would he be doing today? What would all these frauds, fools, buffoons, miscreants, malcontents, reprobates, you name it, at the New York Slimes in the Washington Compost be doing? Jeremy, what is that guy's last name? I can't remember his last name. I got to remember his last name. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy Peters. And he does, by the way. Did you know that? Anyway, James Troopas is a former state judge. 
and he was all he was the attorney in this Wisconsin case goes all the way to the Supreme Court of Wisconsin a four to three vote and the dissent is withering the dissent is withering that this was a real case that there was real fraud that there was real violate violations of the Constitution And in the majority opinion, for all they did is the usual bromides and platitudes about, well, this isn't enough, we don't see anything. Understand something. I've read this to you many times. A motion to dismiss is not easy to get. And yet they're being handed out like lollipops by these courts. And so what happens? Professors and former federal prosecutors and media types, look at this. Their case is so weak. They're just being, they have no idea what they're talking about. None. The same lying, filthy bastards in the media that brought us to this point are still at it. Not one of them has been fired. Not one of them. Not one of them has been suspended. Not one of them for their serial lies and disinformation. When we come back, I want you to hear from this attorney. He's a serious lawyer, a former state judge, James Troopas. We'll be right back. As we enter the Christmas season, most of us stop to consider our many blessings. Well, Hillsdale College wishes to thank you for standing with them as they celebrate over 175 years of blessings. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. Now, you know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. This independence allows the college to focus on promoting promoting its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without any government interference. At no time in our nation's history has there been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers on its campus and nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. To learn more about Hillsdale College, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. I have to move quickly so you can hear these two cuts before the top of the hour. So here's Attorney Troopas on behalf of the petitioners who went to the Supreme Court of Wisconsin. In four to three, they were unfortunately rejected. Cut four, go. Uniquely, we are able to examine actual envelopes that contain the ballots that are submitted by absentee voters. This allowed us to identify by person, by address, by ward. It's not conspiracy The real names are in the record. And here's what we found. We found that there were incomplete and altered certificates. These are the certificates on the front of the envelopes that have to be exactly done correctly under our law. If not, those results may not be counted. How many of those? More than 3,000 of those identified by person were nonetheless counted, even though they are clearly invalid under the law. A second category, initials of clerks are placed on all of those envelopes. Why? 
because the clerk identifies it having been properly received and identification is provided. That's the check in advance of the election. What did we find? More than 2,000 of those ballots in Dane and Milwaukee County had no initials at all, but nonetheless, they got counted. We also have special laws in Wisconsin with regard to voting in advance. We do not allow advance voting. We allow in-person and, and other voting as absentees. So anything before election day is under our absentee rules. What did the city of Madison do? They created a system where people could arrive at a park hand in their ballots in envelopes five weeks before the election. They also created boxes, no controls at all, just boxes on corners that you could throw the ballot in. No attempt at all. And our statutes explicitly say there are only two ways to submit an absentee ballot, in person or delivery to the clerk's office. That's it. Nothing else is allowed. And yet the city of Madison, we had 28,395, uh, I'm sorry, 17,271 ballots in this category that we identify. There are tens of thousands more because they commingled the ballots afterwards so we couldn't identify each one that may have been properly cast. Unbelievable. And none of those should have been counted under the federal constitution either. Changes that were not made by the legislature. Cut five, go. Then we have an interesting category called indefinitely confined. These are people which the statute, I read from the statute, by age, physical illness, or infirmity, or are disabled indefinitely. Among those claiming this status, uh, so they don't have to provide any identification, among those claiming this status is one of the electors for Joe Biden. He's who said, I can't get to the polls. We have poll workers who claimed it. We have people who went to protests, people who had weddings, people who had vacations, all claimed this status. I can't get to the polls. So they were able to vote without identification. There were 28,395 people we explicitly identified. Finally, there are other categories in which as much as 170,000 other ballots were submitted without any application. In fact, they considered the certification envelope the application, though a separate application is required by law. Three million people properly voted in the state of Wisconsin. More than 200,000 identified during this recount did not. But those votes got counted. And our statute says they should not have been. That, in our view, is a, is a taint on our election in Wisconsin. Does that sound like a weak case to you, ladies and gentlemen? Does that sound like you haven't shown us systemic fraud, ladies and gentlemen? It's all in his brief to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. How many newsrooms have read that brief? None. How many legal analysts have read this brief? Very few. Does that sound like a phony lawsuit to you, ladies and gentlemen? And then when you bring up numbers like this, they say, what are you going to disenfranchise these people? Well, maybe a lot of these people should be disenfranchised because under existing statutory law passed by this legislature under the federal constitution, those votes would not have counted. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Okay. Jesse Benal, an attorney at the Senate hearing today regarding the election in Nevada. Now, let's see if you think this one was frivolous. Cut six, go. This year, thousands upon thousands of Nevada voters had their voices canceled out by election fraud and invalid ballots. Here's how it happened. On August 3rd, 2020, after a rushed special session, Nevada legislators made drastic changes to the state's election law by adopting a bill known as AB4. The vulnerabilities of this statute were obvious. It provided for universal mail voting without sufficient safeguards to authenticate voters or ensure the fundamental requirement that only one ballot was sent to each legally qualified voter. This was aggravated by election officials' failure to clean known deficiencies in their voter rolls. Because of AB4, the number of mail ballots rocketed from about 70,000 in 2016 to over 690,000 this year. The election was inevitably riddled with fraud and our hotline never stopped ringing. While the media and Democrats accused us of making it all up, our team began chasing down every lead. Our evidence came both from data scientists and from brave whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. Cut seven, go. Over 42,000, 42,000 people voted more than once. Stop. Over 42,000 people voted more than once. Does that sound frivolous to you, ladies and gentlemen? Go ahead. Experts were able to make this determination by reviewing the list of actual voters and comparing it to other voters with the same name, address, and date of birth. This method was also able to catch people using different variations of their first name, such as William and Bill, and individuals who were registered both under a married name and a maiden name. So stop. This is no joke. This isn't a conspiracy. This isn't made up. Real names compared to real names. Real addresses compared to real addresses. Now, when you have over 42,000 people voting twice or more than once, that sounds to me like systemic fraud, doesn't it to you, Mr. Producer? Well, what the hell else is it? Nevada is not exactly the most populous state. Home of the mob. Go ahead. At least 1,500 dead people are recorded as voting, as shown by comparing the list of male voters with the Social Security death records. And, of course, we know dead people vote Democrat. Go ahead. More than 19,000 people voted even though they didn't live in Nevada. 19,000 people voted who don't live in Nevada. They couldn't get this dealt with in a courtroom the way it needed to be dealt with. Wisconsin, they couldn't get it dealt with in a courtroom it needed to be dealt with. In Pennsylvania, the state Supreme Court shut the whole thing down, and the U.S. Supreme Court sat on its ass. This is why the President of the United States is furious, and this is why the almost 75 million people who voted for him are furious. We're not stupid. Go ahead. This does not include 
military voters, or students. These voters were identified by comparing the list of voters with the U.S. Postal Service's National Change of Address database, among other sources. Mm-hmm. Cut eight, go. 42,000 people in Nevada voted more than once, according to your work in this. 42,000 people. 1,500 people voted in Nevada that were dead. 19,000 people voted, though they did not live in Nevada, and they weren't a college student. 8,000 people voted from a non-existent address. 15,000 people voted, though they were registered to a commercial address or a vacant address. And 4,000 people uh, voted in Nevada that are non-citizens. My question to you is, in my state, when someone votes twice, and we do have that occasionally, and about 50 times a year that that actually occurs in our state, we prosecute individuals that vote twice. Of this 130,000 instances that you have identified from the 2020 election in Nevada, do you know of any prosecutions currently going on in Nevada for any voter fraud? Not yet, Senator, and that's extremely important. This has to be, these laws have to be enforced. We, of course, I, I represent the Trump campaign and the campaign's electors. I don't represent the government. We can't bring prosecutions. But if we are going to enforce voter integrity laws, they must be enforced. And we are confident that although it often takes a long time to put together a fraud case, although it takes prosecutors months, sometimes even years, to go through subpoenas and warrants and using the the FBI to go investigate these things, once a good hard look at these cases is examined, an honest look, if we do that, there should be charges brought. Because the, the ranking member brought up in his remarks that when you lose the, the principle of one person, one vote, the end result is, uh, is authoritarianism. That's exactly what we're saying here today. Does this guy sound like a, uh, a slip and fall lawyer to you? Does this guy sound like he doesn't know what he's talking about to you? In the media, they've trashed all these lawyers. They've trashed these, these people who have volunteered their time to investigate what's taking place. And they pulled together an enormous amount of evidence of illegalities. And they can't get their day in court. They can't get their day in court. People want to know where is the evidence. You just heard it. I can't even play the whole day worth of hearings here. You just heard it. You've heard two people talking about two states Wisconsin and Nevada just two but there's Georgia and there's Michigan and there's Pennsylvania and there's Arizona 80 million votes All these people couldn't wait to vote for Joe Biden. They just had a vote. 80 million people voted for Joe Biden. Do you believe that? I don't believe that. Do you believe this is the cleanest election in modern American history? They bring in a cyberspace guy who was fired by Donald Trump. He's not talking about any of this stuff. He has no information about any of this. He's talking about the Russians hacking, the Chinese hacking. Okay, got it. This is the stuff right here. So I began the show by explaining to you 
that had the United States Supreme Court ruled in favor of the United States Constitution, ruled in favor of Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, ruled in favor of what's been the practice in this country since we've had a Constitution, but instead, by its inaction, gave its imprimatur to lawless acts by governors, by secretaries of states, by election boards, by courts, and by whatever other schmo decided to step in and change the rules, a mayor, a county, they threw the damn Constitution away. Shame on them! And now on top of that, systemic fraud. Systemic fraud in Wisconsin. Systemic fraud in Nevada. No wonder the Democrats don't want any hearings. No wonder they, their press censors the whole damn thing. No wonder. And then they talk about you're going to disenfranchise the voter. What, you're going to disenfranchise people who vote twice? You're going to disenfranchise the dead? You're going to disenfranchise people who vote from out of state? And I could go on and on and on. Corrupt media, corrupt judiciary, corrupt Democrats. We're surrounded by these corrupt bastards. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, one day only sale. Wouldn't you rather just work with a company who puts you on a pedestal every day? That's what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company that understands what it means to serve. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Now, if you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over $400 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. What a novelty, a company that actually puts their customers first. You can keep your phone and your number or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N, LEVINPODCAST, Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. My buddy Peter Schweizer is a tremendous investigative journalist. He calls him as he sees him, which I'm about to prove. His latest great book was Profiles in Corruption, which you can get at Amazon.com, a perfect gift this time of the season. He was the first to interview Tom, what is his name, Bobolinsky, Tony, uh, Tony Bobolinsky, and he really is, uh, has helped expose the Biden crime family all the way up to Joe Biden. Peter, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. Uh, great to be with you, as always. But there's a lot more to China's reach, isn't there? And I, I want to stay on this Joe Biden issue, too. But I, I want the public to understand. You have Mitch McConnell, who's, you know, he gave a concession speech for the president of the United States from the Florida Senate. He's constantly cutting deals. Uh, my own view is it really is time to get a more vibrant, fresh face in that position, somebody who can communicate well and clearly with the American people more than a wheeler dealer. What McConnell's done on judges, really any competent or effective leader could do. 
But as I recall, Mitch McConnell or Mitch McConnell's family has its own issues when it comes to communist China. Am I right or am I wrong? You're absolutely right, Mark. Uh, Look, the Bidens are the most egregious examples of corruption involving the Chinese government. Uh, But honestly, McConnell and his uh, wife, Elaine Chao, uh, are not that far behind. Um, Elaine Chao's family controls a shipping company called the Foremost Group uh, that they established back in the 1980s. The business really took off, Mark, beginning in the 1990s and then the 2000s when they struck a deal with the government of China. So you have a situation today where this company, um, which is the Chow family business, of which uh, Mitch McConnell is a beneficiary, uh, it's a shipping business where all the new ships are financed by the Chinese government. The ships are built by Chinese state-owned shipbuilding companies. They are manned by crews arranged by the Chinese government, and more than 90% of their business is shipping the goods of Chinese state-owned companies around the world. Suffice it to say, if Mitch McConnell were to ever do anything as a U.S. senator or as a Senate majority leader that would cause offense in Beijing, they could destroy their business tomorrow. It's a now, hold on, let me, let me understand this. Let, let me understand this. You have a shipping company that effectively is controlled by the communist Chinese. That's what you're telling me. Correct. And the shipping Correct. company that's effectively controlled by the Chinese is owned by the Chow family? Yes, it's owned by the Chow family. 100%? Yeah, 100% owned by the Chow family. Um, that's the main relationship that exists. But you also have to keep in mind that, um, you know, Elaine Chow's father... Uh, has deep ties in mainland China uh, that go beyond the shipping business. And in fact, Elaine Chow's sister, Angela Chow, is um, on the board of directors of the Bank of China. Now, this is, this is the inner sanctum of the Chinese government's financial apparatus. It's a state-controlled bank. Uh, it does the bidding for the Chinese government. And there are precious few, uh, by my count, only two, foreign nationals that sit on the board of directors of the Bank of China. So this is McConnell's, hold on now, this is McConnell's sister-in-law? Yeah, McConnell's sister-in-law, that's right. Sits on basically the board of this communist bank. Yes, exactly. So the point is, Mark, these are deep abiding relationships. These are relationships of trust. Uh, This is not something that just emerged by happenstance. The relationship between the Chinese government and the McConnell Chow family really came to fruition in 1993. This was only four years after the Tiananmen Square massacre, when Mitch McConnell became only the second U.S. senator to visit Beijing, China. He visited there at the request of the Chinese government, who financed the trip. He visited Beijing with his wife, Elaine Chow. They had been married for only a few years and with Elaine Chow's father. After that meeting, the Chow family was essentially in business with the Chinese government, and that business has grown and made the family very wealthy. They've given multi-million dollar gifts to Mitch McConnell himself, um, and they benefit. All right, hold on, hold on. Who gave gifts to Mitch McConnell? Uh, Elaine Chow's family, her father, uh, gave a gift to Mitch McConnell between 5 and $25 million dollars. Uh, about 10 or 12 years ago. Um, and this came as a result of the profits they got from their business with the Chinese government. 
you know, you you wrote about this uh, some time ago. We talked about it some time ago. I had forgotten about most of this. You're reminding me about this. And this is a problem for the Republican Party, isn't it? It is. It's a huge problem. I mean, yes, exactly. I mean, look, the Biden stuff with China is absolutely scandalous. I agree. Um, but this but this is a problem, too. And this is part of what China's strategy is. They've used it in Australia and New Zealand, Mark, which is, you know, basically they say we don't need to compete with these foreign countries. All we need to do is effectively decapitate their political leadership by buying them off giving them sweetheart deals, um, enriching them so they won't challenge us. And that's the situation that we have, certainly with Joe Biden uh, and the situation that I think, unfortunately, we also have with Mitch McConnell. Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell famously get along pretty well together, is my understanding. Do you hear that, too? Yes, yes. They have both served in the Senate. Uh, for, um, you know, basically 30 years. Uh, they served in the Senate together. Um, they uh, have a cozy relationship. They have common views on China. I would say that uh, Joe Biden is probably a little softer than Mitch McConnell, but there's not a lot of difference there. Um, and the fear here, Mark, is that all of the progress that Donald Trump has made in challenging China's trade policies, their tech transfer policies, their military adventurism into the South China Sea, all of that is going to be erased if if we have a leadership in Washington that has been enriched. Can I can I hold you China's over? The government. music means I have a hard break. Can I hold you over, Peter? Sure, I'd be glad to, Mark. All right, I appreciate it. Peter Schweizer, an expert on all things uh, corrupt on Capitol Hill. We'll be right back. Are you an individual or business owner facing the heavy burden of back taxes, levies, or wage garnishments? Life's challenges, especially those brought on by the economic impact of COVID-19 and inflation, can take a toll on your financial well-being. Now, the IRS has eliminated over a billion dollars in tax penalties and interest for back taxes. America First Tax Group is here to help you claim your share of these billions in tax relief before the IRS can claim the government share and clamp down. Call them now, 800-806-1299. The IRS has people working to collect your money, but it's time to turn the tables, folks. America First Tax Group is a full-service tax boutique that puts clients first. They understand the stress of dealing with tax problems, and they will be your guide through the process. Don't wait. Time is of the essence. Call America First Tax Group. Here's the number, 800-806-1299, 800-806-1299, or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. Mark Levin, the conscience of conservatism. Call Mark now at 877-381-3811. Back with our man, Peter Schweizer. Profiles and corruption. I'm sorry I interrupted a dinner you're attending, but I, I really do appreciate the fact that you're uh, assisting us here. So I want to I want you to summarize. So basically, through marriage, McConnell, he marries into this family. This family has a sweetheart deal with the communist Chinese regime. The sweetheart deal basically has given them, I'll call it a license in effect, to be this is it the only freight company that uh, that they use, or are there others? Well, it's 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 one of the main freight companies that they use, um, and the bottom line is, you know, more than ninety percent of the business 
uh, that the McConnell Chow uh, shipping company does is with the communist Chinese government. So if they decided tomorrow they didn't like something Mitch McConnell did, and of course Mitch McConnell is aware of this, they could literally destroy the business. The ships would go away, the financing of the ships, the crews, the contracts, everything. Okay. Have you looked at or has anybody looked at Mitch McConnell's record in the United States Senate? Has he really joined in or led any of these efforts to uh, to control uh, what China has done in terms of taking over our businesses, various industries and supply chains and so forth? Well, he's been pretty weak, Mark. Um, look, uh, after the Tiananmen Square massacre back in 89, uh, he was very staunch. I mean, he was a very staunch anti-communist. But that started to change, uh, particularly around the time of the transfer of, of, of Hong Kong in 1997 and 1998. So today his record um, is really weak on China. I mean, he'll occasionally say something, uh, you know, that he's not happy with what the Chinese have done in the South China Sea. But China doesn't have a problem with what politicians say. It's a question of what they do. Uh, and in that regard, Mitch McConnell has been profoundly weak uh, on China. Um, and that's, I think, the bottom line. Uh, if the United States is going to deal with the chief rival that we have on the global stage today, it's not Russia, it's not Iran, it's China. We need to have leaders that are going to be clear-headed and that don't have you know, incentives or financial entanglements with that rival power. And that's the problem that you have with Mitch McConnell and that you have with Elaine Chow. Um, and, and this needs to be um, something that voters are aware of, but it needs to be also something that the McConnell-Chow family is prepared to be honest about, not to pretend that it doesn't matter. They need to be honest with voters about it, and they frankly need to do something about it so they don't have this vulnerability where literally the Chinese Communist Party has them over a barrel. I've been calling for a special counsel, trying to push that, trying to see if it'll game steam in the Biden matter and so forth. I don't believe uh, Mitch McConnell has commented on that, as best as I can tell. Have you heard him commenting on this? Uh, I have not. I have not. And look, here's what I would say, um, Mark. Um, the McConnell situation is really bad. But you could at least argue that before they you know, made their deal with the Chinese government, they had a legitimate business. They had a shipping business. It was small. It was not very effective. Um, and they made the deal with the Chinese and they become rich. In the case of the Bidens, you don't even have a legitimate underlying business. Uh, they're not. Yeah, it's pretty black and white, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you're exactly right to point out Mitch McConnell has not talked about the China threat. He has certainly not talked about the Biden's commercial ties to the Chinese, because what is he going to say? If he says something about it, it's going to draw attention to his commercial ties with the Chinese regime, which is, by the way, the same reason that Dianne Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, a number of other people on Capitol Hill won't say something about it, aside from the political implications, because Dianne Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi, their husbands have detracted deep financial ties on mainland China. So this is a huge problem, Mark. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to address the Biden issue, not just because of the politics, but because they themselves 
have deals that also put them in the spotlight if they bring attention to this matter. There's more of a reason we need a special counsel to investigate the Bidens, including Joe Biden, frankly. There's no way he won't appoint an attorney. You know, they're attorneys general. People attack Bill Barr. You look at Eric Holder, Sally Yates. They're all political hacks. They're all in the back pocket of their uh, of their uh, political mentors. I mean, uh, they'll kill this in two seconds. They'll just quietly kill it. They'll get rid of the U.S. attorneys. Uh, they'll do all those things. That's why a special counsel must be appointed, um, certainly before, uh, allegedly, presumably, uh, Biden steps up. No question about that, because otherwise we won't get to the bottom of this. And isn't that shocking, really? Isn't that shocking, Peter, in, that, in a so-called advanced republic like this, where we're supposed to believe in law and order, that in many cases we don't have law and order? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we have a two-tiered system of justice uh, today, which is that um, a, a candidate or a, an official like Donald Trump is subject to investigation based on flimsy evidence. I mean, remember, this was all kicked off by a dossier that wasn't sourced, that presented no evidence, that was taken as writ, that launched this massive investigation of President Donald Trump. What we have in this case is nobody's disputing the fact that Hunter Biden got lucrative deals from the Chinese government that he was not qualified to get. They occurred while his father was the point person on Obama administration policy towards China. So you actually have a transference of money. You never had anything of the sort relating to Donald Trump and Russia. And yet, and yet, you investigate one, you spend years investigating something that has nothing there. On the other hand, something that actual has, actually has the exchange of millions of dollars from Chinese government entities to the Biden family, and we're told there's nothing to investigate here. This is one of the reasons I think, Mark, people are so angry at what happens in Washington. They understand you're going to criticize the politicians they like, you're going to criticize the leaders you like. That's fine. All we ask for is an equal standard for both sides of the aisle, and we are very, very far from that in America today. Yeah, but we don't have a functioning media. In some ways, we don't have a functioning justice system. Then you, uh, you expose Mitch McConnell. That's why it is, if, this, if there's not a special counsel point in this case, we're never going to get to the bottom of it, and we need to get to the bottom of it. You have fools like Jake Tapper on CNN on his Sunday program, never even mentions Hunter Biden because he's in the tank. He's a liberal Democrat. I, I want to ask you a few more questions very quickly. Sure. Has CNN ever invited you on to discuss this topic, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden? <laughs> Never once, Mark. Never once. Has MSNBC? Never once. How about Meet the Press? Unfortunately, no. How about uh, George Stephanopoulos on his Sunday show? No. Never been on to talk about the Bidens. How about uh, the Washington Post? Have they ever done an expose on this subject? No. Uh, The only thing they've done, Mark, is they did a fact check, but they used the Biden's attorney as their source for the mm-hmm. fact check. So the short answer is no. I've never How about the New York asked. Times? Did they ever do an expose on what you've written and said? No, never, never. CBS? No. I mean, this, this is the problem we have here. You wrote a book. You have it footnoted. The details are provided. You're an investigative reporter. You have a group that investigates. You're well-known. 
You have enormous integrity. Nobody's ever been able to shoot holes through things that you have said. You've given these reporters, so-called, all the breadcrumbs they need to follow, and they don't want to follow any of them, and they're not going to follow any of them. And so we have a, a dysfunctional media that's in the tank. We have a dysfunctional uh, legal system in some respects, and uh, I don't see uh, Mitch McConnell leading the battle here. So if we don't have a special counsel, we're not going to get to the bottom of this. Do you agree? I, I agree 100%, Mark. And here's the thing. Look, the, the, the point it came out with these revelations hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list. So the point is they didn't miss the book. Uh, the media likes to talk about the fact that they speak truth to power. What we all know now is they, that they speak certain truths to certain people in power. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the situation we have in America. And it's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy that we're in a state of America today where you don't want, uh, where you don't have a, a, uh, a media that is prepared to do basic investigations. They have a lack of curiosity and a lack of interest in the financial dealings of a man who could be the most powerful man in the world. They just are not interested in looking into it, and it's remarkable to me. It's the same way, honestly, that they didn't want to address his obvious mental issues or any of this stuff. The fact that he uh, he was tight with uh, uh, white Southern segregationists for a good seven, eight years, uh, and the things that he said, they never reported on that. And I can go on and on and on. This man has... Uh, has been fully protected by the media, and he still is. Peter Schweitzer, the book is Profiles in Corruption. I want to thank you very, very much. God bless you, my friend. Thank you, Mark. Always a pleasure. It, he's, he is terrific. He really is. He deserves some kind of an award. Pulitzer? Nah, they'll never do it. They'll never do it. Now, they give it to Thomas Friedman, who is a mouthpiece for the genocidal regime in Red China who wanted to topple Donald Trump. This is an idiot. He's an idiot. He's a liberal who gets this column at the New York Times. and Wow! I understand his wife and John Roberts' wife are buddies. That's what I hear. That's what I hear. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, one day only sale. Wouldn't you rather just work with a company who puts you on a pedestal every day? That's what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company that understands what it means to serve. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Now, if you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over $400 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage... They don't charge you for it. What a novelty. A company that actually puts their customers first. You can keep your phone and your number or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N, LEVINPODCAST, USA. Simply Smarter Wireless. You notice Nancy Pelosi keeps defending Eric Swalwell? He's the indefensible congressman. But as Peter Schweitzer pointed out, her family has ties to communist China. Her husband does. Nobody really knows what her husband does. Nobody ever questions it. Nobody demands their tax returns. Do they? 
Eric Swalwell should not be removed from the House Intelligence Committee. He should be expelled from the entire House of Representatives. He knew exactly what he was doing. He's not that much of a sucker. And if he didn't have an affair with a communist spy, then he needs to say so. But he won't. So he did. You can't get hired in the federal government with a background like this, let alone be a member of the House of Representatives. If a spy had effectively and successfully neutered you, in effect, you can't get a job at the lowest level of the federal government. They want to know about you. They do background searches on you. But Nancy Pelosi defends him, as Nancy Pelosi defends the anti-Semitic filth among her ranks, like Omar and Talib, among others. That's your Democrat Party. That's your media in America. He got this guy Warnock running in Georgia. What a jackass. The guy is the lowest of the low lives. He's a racist. He's a Jew hater. He's a Marxist. And the media give him a pass. Joe Biden's in Georgia campaigning for him. The Anti-Defamation League, which is now run by an Obama sycophant, says nothing. Give him a pass. Give him a pass. Unbelievable. Guy wants to be a United States senator. Why? He hates the country. He hates our government. He hates our Constitution. He hates our economic system. Why does he want to get elected to the United States Senate? To do good? Or to contribute to those who are destroying our nation from within? All of whom have found a home in the Democrat Party. Isn't that fascinating? I only have a minute here, but I want to carry this issue over the next hour at Breitbart. You know, I, I can't name them all. We, we are very fortunate as patriots and constitutional conservatives to have Breitbart, Blaze, Daily Wire, Daily Caller, Right Scoop, Instapundent, all these, and there are more, all these wonderful sites that provide us with serious information. When we come back... From Breitbart, Deep State trying to deep six intel on Chinese election interference. Wait till you hear about this. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. Breitbart, deep state trying to deep six intel on Chinese election interference. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe is considering not signing an intelligent report to Congress if it does not accurately reflect an ongoing debate among intelligence community career analysts over Chinese attempts to influence American voters in the 2020 election, according to a source familiar with the issue. The Intel report on foreign efforts to influence the 2020 election is due to Congress Friday. 
Ratcliffe is concerned it will not accurately reflect the debate among senior intelligence community analysts as to the extent of China's influence operations during the election, according to the source. By the way, this is written by Christina Wong, who really is a serious reporter. You can tell that she's got sources. There's allegedly ample raw intelligence about China's intentions and actions related to the election, with more intelligence reporting coming in every day. Some of the influence operations include social media campaigns seeking to amplify messages such as that President Donald Trump is a white supremacist. However, senior career analysts disagree on the significance of those influence operations. Some analysts argue they were minimal or ultimately not acted on, while others say it's extensive and far more than previously known. The disagreement includes whether there should be a China section in the report, according to the source. Some days I just wonder. Some days I just wonder. When I see people walking around with big smiles on their faces... Some days I say, why can't I be as stupid as them? I'm, I'm, I'm not or disengaged as them. People always say to me, they're the nicest people in my neighborhood or others. How you doing today, Mark? And I say the same thing. I'm doing great, but, my, I'm losing our, but we're losing our country. Despite this serious debate, Ratcliffe is concerned that proper tradecraft, which would require that the disagreement be reflected in report with both views presented, will not be followed, simply in order to deprive President Trump of a potential political talking point. In other words, Ratcliffe is concerned that the Intel report would be written in a way due to politics, the very definition of politicization of intelligence, and only bury real and growing concerns about China from the Intel community. A senior national security official told Breitbart News on background, quote, Good to see Ratcliffe stepping up and addressing the China issue inside the IC. That appears to be a textbook case of intel being politicized by a handful of careerists in the bowels of the CIA. They don't want to give Trump the talking points that China was engaged in election influence operations, but we all know they were. Ratcliffe has applauded the growing focus among the intel community on China, which he said for the last few decades has prioritized counterterrorism. He wrote in an op-ed on December 3 in the Wall Street Journal, quote, Within the intelligence agencies, a healthy debate and shift in thinking is already underway for the talented intelligence analysts and operators who came up during the Cold War. The Soviet Union and Russia have always been the focus. For others who rose through the ranks at the turn of the century, Counterterrorism has been top of mind, but today we must look with clear eyes at the facts in front of us, which make plain that China should be America's primary national security focus going forward. Now, you know that won't be the case in a putative Biden administration. You know that won't happen. It's going to be the opposite. The intelligence report would go to Congress in a classified form but would be released in an unclassified form to the public weeks afterwards, which will certainly fuel public discussion on Chinese election interference. The current IC debate is similar to a debate that was not reflected in the Obama administration 2017 Intel Community Assessment, which alleged Russia interfered in the 26th election to specifically hurt Hillary Clinton and help Trump. 
There was fierce debate among intelligence agencies over whether Russia's goal was to help Trump or just to sow discord. But that debate was not reflected in the report, which was then used as a talking point by the left that the Trump campaign in Russia had colluded. After several years and millions of dollars, we know the rest. The Mueller report. No wonder they wanted Trump out. For a thousand reasons. For a thousand reasons. They wanted to get rid of Trump. All right. Got to keep moving. Got to keep moving. Dr. Vin Gupta of MSNBC. Is every doctor on uh, cable TV have the last name Gupta, Mr. Producer? Are they all, are they all related? Anyway... Dr. Vin Gupta, not the same Gupta on CNN, I suggest, on MSNBC yesterday. Well, he has some advice for you because he's more than a doctor. Cut 10, go. I, I know one of uh, the, the individuals who we just saw getting vaccinated is planning on traveling after the second dose. I, I, th- this is a source of confusion. But no, uh, this is one of the misperceptions here. Just because you get vaccinated with that second dose does not mean... You should be participating in things like traveling in the middle of an out of control. Why not? Why not? I don't get it. Do you get it, Mr. Producer? These vaccines are 95% effective. The Moderna one is 100% effective if you're 65 or older. So we're not supposed to travel just because we get a vaccine? Go ahead. Or that you're liberated from masks. Mm -hmm. Everything still applies until all of us... Get the two-dose regimen. Why? Why? I don't understand. If you're vaccinated, you're not a giver, and you're not a getter. This is getting sicker and sicker by the minute, ladies and gentlemen. These people have control, whether they're doctors, whether they're mayors or governors. They have control. They're controlling your minds. They're controlling the course of this country. Go ahead. I don't think that's going to happen until June, July. But And again, this goes back to what we just talked about, Chuck. We don't know if just getting the vaccination prevents serious illness, or does it also prevent you from getting... Yes, we do know, actually. And uh, this is Chuck Todd, who is a very stupid guy. Very stupid guy. A Democrat operative, a hack. He knows it, and I know it. And his wife is a Democrat operative and a hack. The whole family is filled with hacks. And in the old days, there's no way a stupid hack would have a show like Meet the Press, a.k.a. Meet the Press. No way. So he brings in this guy who tells you, even if you get vaccinated, nothing changes. Wear masks, stay at home. Don't travel. Are they out of their friggin' minds? This is America. We have a vaccine like we've never had before. Two of them. In warp speed time. They're now being given by the tens of millions. We all can hope to have one by April. May at the latest. 
They are destroying this country from within. They've already destroyed their phony profession. It's power. It's the power to manipulate. It's the power to control. That's what the media have become. And now they feel they determine the outcome of this election. So there's no limits to their power. Jeff Mother Zucker. The other clowns. Go ahead. Um, entirely, meaning you can still get infected with the virus potentially and pass it on to others. So really, really critical. Don't let your guard down just because you got vaccinated. So let's keep destroying lives. Keep creating depression. This is the media today. Now, let me tell you something. This guy will travel wherever that. I'd love to know where he's traveled in the last year. I'd love to know what he's done in the last year. What did he do for Thanksgiving? Seriously. What did he do? Same with Chuck Todd. Does anybody know? Chuck Todd. Have you seen him in any parties? Has he been at a party with Andrew Cuomo? You know all of these people don't do what they tell you to do. Look at this idiot governor of California, the idiot governor of Michigan, the idiot governor of Illinois, the idiot governor of New Jersey, the idiot governor of New York, on and on and on. You want freedom in this country? You got to get the hell out of these blue states. And then these jerks, these Democrats, they move out of these blue states into red states and they vote Democrat. 20 years ago, the county I live in voted 66% for George H.W. Bush. This year voted 61% for Joe Biden. That's why I'm going to get the hell out of here. But they follow you everywhere. They want low taxes. They want maximum freedom. So they vote for high taxes and maximum authoritarianism. These are the idiots that we live with. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know your family can save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra $800? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. Pure Talk has exactly the same coverage, same bars as one of the big carriers, but they charge you half. You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in the U.S. and are some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. So don't wait anymore. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. No, not even a penny. So go to puretalkusa.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll also save 50% off your first month. Folks, this is the best. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Mr. Producer, today is Wednesday, is it not? Two more days, and then I'll be gone for two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. I start to yearn to be back about halfway through. It's a lot better talking behind the microphone than grinding my teeth down to the gums. Here is a piece in the Washington Compost by J.J. McCullough. J.J. are initials, so obviously J.J. is embarrassed by his parents because his parents named him something, but he goes by J.J. Maybe it's a she. 
Maybe it's a she transitioning to a he or a he transitioning to a she. There's no way to know, and I'm sure J.J. wants it that way. Of course, J.J.'s colleagues know, but they dare not say so at the Washington Post. They only use pronouns. J.J. McCullough, since we all can self-identify, that means we can project. And I will project a self-identification onto J.J. McCullough. J.J. McCullough, who is transitioning, writes a post story. Could a refusal to transfer power happen in Canada? There are reasons to worry. Okay, who cares? It's Canada. No offense. But here's the first sentence. It was just sent to me. This came out 8.59 p.m. When? What's today's date, Mr. Producer? UTC time. What the hell is that? Nobody knows. I'll call me ignorant. The media do not get to determine who the president is. The people do, tweeted Senator Josh Hawley on November 7th. The day most U.S. outlets call the race for Joe Biden. Well, Josh Hawley happens to be right. There's no office of president-elect, thundered Fox News host Mark Levin. Once Biden started using that title, and then it goes on to Canada. Now, what do I have to do with Canada? Nothing. You know, I was to Canada, Mr. Booth, the best I can think of once. Maybe, oh no, twice. They didn't have a direct flight out of Dulles to Israel. So you had actually had to fly to Toronto, Canada, and then fly to Tel Aviv. So I had to do that twice. So I visited Toronto's very nice airport. So I've been to Canada twice. And here I am in this story. J.J. McCullough. We don't know who J.J. McCullough is. We don't know if that's his or her name. We don't know what's going on with J.J. Well, hold on a second here. Let me click on J.J. McCullough. It links to something. It's a guy? Oh, look. Are you sure? I'm looking at the guy. You don't know that. You really don't know. Oh, and he's writing from Vancouver, so it's time in Canada. J.J. McCullough of Vancouver, there's a debate on this program of genitalia, but it really doesn't matter, not this time, not in this country, not in any way. J.J. McCullough is a global opinions contributing columnist. He looks like he's about 17 years old, doesn't he? Well, it doesn't matter. He fits the ideological bent, as Mark Levin thundered. It's called Passion Genius. Biden calls gun violence national health crisis. Harris says pastime for new gun control. Isn't that the, what they called this China virus, a national health crisis, Mr. Producer? And as calling it a national health crisis, haven't they, like, stolen a lot of liberties from the American people? And this is where they're headed. It's a national health crisis. You'll be hearing soon the word it's a pandemic. It's a man-made pandemic. Just as violent as the virus, if not more so. This is what you're going to hear. This is where they're going. And they are going to try and legislate. If they do not win both seats in the Senate in Georgia, they're going to try and legislate out of the Oval Office. And the Supreme Court, which has provided precedent for that with the DACA legislation, which wasn't legislation at all, was an Obama 
Fiat will back him up. That's how important that Georgia race is. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Well, you see the rise of the totalitarians in the Democrat Party college campuses and elsewhere, the Free Beacon, another great site. Students at University of Oregon attempt to remove college Republicans from campus. They want to defund them because certain of its members posted a picture of themselves at a Stop the Steal rally in Washington, D.C. I've got a whole idea for this. I'm going to talk to you after the first of the year when we return. Joe Biden's pick, Jennifer Granholm, spent for the uh, Department of Energy, spent years pushing the Russia conspiracy theories. I remember this jerk on cable TV. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, Joe's a uniter. Joe's a uniter. Ilhan Omar must not understand what country she emigrated to. This is called the United States of America, Ilhan. We have a rule of law, Ilhan. And anti-Semites and racists, well, you're welcome in the Democrat Party. No question about that. But I want you to hear what she's demanding of Joe Biden. She's demanding that Joe Biden just rule. I guess Joe Scarborough would say, like Hitler. Rule like Hitler. No, but rule like a fascist. Cut 16, go. You know that what gets accomplished in the first hundred days are important for an administration and we're asking you know president-elect biden and harris to use their executive power in increasing the minimum wage to 15 dollars um, for federal workers we're asking them to use their executive power to declare uh, the climate crisis as a national emergency we're asking them to use their executive power in strengthening ocean protections we're asking them to use their executive power uh, in, you know, reinstating things like temporary protection status for so many people in, in our country. There are so many things that need to get done in regards to undoing the damage that has been done in the last four years. Mm-hmm. So what we need is fascism. And of course, Ilhan Omar is all in. She's all in for fascism. What's next? Internment camps for Jews? 
What's next? We had internment camps for Japanese Americans. I believe another Democrat did that, didn't they, Mr. Producer? Didn't he? I think his name was Franklin Roosevelt, and the left loves them. You ought to hear Bernie Sanders go on and on about Franklin Roosevelt. Loves them. They love the New York Times, which covered up the Holocaust. Love, love it. Love it. Washington Post did, too. Oh, oh, yeah. Voices of reason. But those right-wingers like Mark Levin. And so I want to return. National emergency. A national health crisis. That's what Biden calls gun violence. So he can't support strengthening the, mil- the uh, law enforcement. So what are they going to do? I'm telling you what they're going to do. National health crisis. I got to issue executive orders. This is a different time, a different place. We have a pandemic. I know where these people are headed. I know who they are. I know what they are. And you cannot rely on the media or the courts, especially the Supreme Court. Can't rely on them. It's just the nature of the beast right now. So the Democrats very upset about efforts to steal the election. Well, actually, they stole the election. They stole it from Norm Coleman. They want to steal it from this candidate, Republican in New York. And in Iowa, Iowa's largest newspaper, this is Guy Benson, another good guy. In townhall.com, Iowa's largest newspaper calls out Democrat over attempted election steal. This is a story he writes... We won't let go of until the issue is resolved and Democrats attempted to steal is put down. The short version is, in Iowa's 2nd Congressional District, the Republican candidate is won and the Democrat candidate is lost. This is what the initial vote tally determined, as it did if the official recount. The state formally certified the result. The losing candidate chose not to appeal to Iowa's courts. Instead, she's appealing to the Democrat-run House of Representatives to ignore the will of the voters and Iowa's entire system in order to get the result we wanted, quote-unquote. It's like stealing the election from Trump. Again, you heard here tonight, maybe many of you for the first time, the testimony of two lawyers who gave chapter and verse of the massive fraud that took place in Wisconsin and Nevada. And they couldn't get judges to take up their cases. They clearly overcame a motion to dismiss. I'm telling you, as somebody who's practiced law, as somebody who knows about this stuff, a motion for dismiss is infrequently infrequently, uh, supported by a court. It infrequently wins. And these are serious cases. And you to look at the facts and the law as it favors the petitioner, the plaintiff. So a motion to dismiss isn't, you know, let's get rid of it. No, no, no. You're supposed to assume every single thing that's being argued is factual and the law supports it. Because you need your day in court. So when these fools run around and say, hey, you know what, there's been 61 cases and 59 thrown out, that proves that serious big cases, not all of them, but many of them, virtually all of them, have been rejected. And so the judiciary has collapsed. 
They saw the riots. They saw the threats against individual senators. They saw how these violent mobsters would find your home, harass your children, and they want none of it. They want none of it. And so they just assume burn their copy of the Constitution, and that's what they did. That's what they did. Now, John Ossoff, the reprobate who's running for the other seat in Georgia, he wants you to know something, so he goes on MSLSD to say it. Cut 18, go. Why do you think Republicans are so focused on Warnock at this point? Why do you think Republicans... He... Says Casey Hunt. Why do you think Republicans are focused on Warnock? Well, let's see. He's a Jew hater. He's a racist. He's embraced Castro. He's embraced Farrakhan. Hey, why do you think Republicans are focused on Warnock? It must be because he's a person of color, don't you? It must be that because we know Republicans are reprobates. We know they're. It's got to be that. It can't be that Warnock. Warnock's a good guy. Well, this moron works at MSNBC, so everybody knows that she's a moron. Right, Casey Hunt? Who the hell's Casey Hunt? Seriously. Go ahead. I think that the GOP attacks at this point are garden variety, fear-mongering, race-baiting. So you see, they turn around the truth, and they try to pin on you what they are. And so he's not going to direct the substance of uh, the Warnock problem. She's not going to play any of the tapes or videos of what Warnock said. She'll just throw her supposition out there. And so now if you vote against Warnock, obviously you're a racist and a bigot. Because Katie Hunt, if that is her name, and, and, and Asaf, who is an Asaf? Asaf, he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, that poor guy, he's facing anti-Semitism. Now, he's running in a Democrat party, and he's running with an anti-Semite. Now, why doesn't this bother him? Because he's a neo-Marxist. He's a leftist. That's okay. He's got J Street support. J Street's another group of secular Jews that hates Israel. He's got all their support. What's the problem? They got Omar coming in. They got... A Sarsour coming in. They got Talib coming in. They've got them all coming in. It's like, it's the heyday of the anti-Semites and the racists. They're all coming, hey, let's get these guys elected. Let's get them. And then Casey Hunt. Why do you think there's so much focus on Warnock? And she already knows. Well, because, you know, the people criticizing that guy, you know, I don't know. Why do you think Republicans backed John James and the Democrats opposed him and said terrible things about him? Casey Hunt. Did you ever ask anybody about that? John James is a black man. He actually served in the military. He's patriotic. He never embraced Castro or Farrakhan. He's not anti-Semitic. He's actually a very nice man. How come you didn't get behind him, Casey Hunt? How come, huh? huh? These are sick people. Very, very sick people. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Did you know your family can save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk from Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra $800? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. 
Pure Talk has exactly the same coverage, same bars as one of the big carriers, but they charge you half. You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in the U.S. and are some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. So don't wait anymore. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. No, not even a penny. So go to puretalkusa.com, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. And when you do, you'll also save 50% off your first month. Folks, this is the best. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. I want to also encourage you to get the app on my podcast. Just in case, you never know, ladies and gentlemen. You never know if we're preempted. You never know if you can't listen to the show, particularly over the holidays. It's important to get it. You go to it's three three clicks and you're there. MarkLevinShow.com. That's the mothership. You go to the middle of the top of the home page right there. Click on Audio Rewind. That'll take you to the podcast page. This is really simple. We set it up so it's very easy. You pick your podcast uh, platform. Most people like Apple Podcasts, but you can pick Stitcher or Google Podcast. But I want to strongly encourage you to go ahead and download that. So one day you go, where's Mark? Well, let's go listen to him on the podcast. MarkLevinShow.com. Click on Audio Rewind. Middle top of the homepage. Podcast page. Then pick your podcast platform. Also, at the end of the month, we will be leaving Facebook. In other words, I won't be posting there or reading there any longer. We're on Parler, where we have almost 4.2 million followers now. And, of course, we're on Twitter. Twitter just doesn't bother me. They leave us alone. If that changes, we'll leave there, too. Truly, the only free site is Parler. It's a complete free speech site, which is why they're attacked as a right-wing white supremacist site. I have no idea what these a-holes in the media are talking about. Neither do they. Have you ever met any of these people? They look like and smell like they haven't showered for three days. They think they're smart, but they don't know how to put a coin in a, uh, what do you call those things when you're parking? They don't know how to do anything. (laughs) I got to come up with a better description of these people. But you know what I mean, right? Of course you do. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and and, uh, uh, emergency personnel. Now I'll get 5,000 emails that'll tell me. Be safe out there on the East Coast. It's a little icy. Not as much snow as they said. And God bless each and every one of you. Take care. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.